Hello, hello everyone. I hope you're well and thank you so much for tuning in to All About Fertility podcast. I'm Ella, your host. Now we've heard the saying of there's more than one way of skinning a cat. And that just means that there's more than one way of achieving our dreams. Not everybody has the same story. Life would be pretty boring if that was the case. We all have our own unique journey which shapes us and, you know, maps our lives. And this is including the way how we achieve our family goals and dreams by becoming parents. Now today I'm with Beck and Leonie and they share something very special that ties their families together forever. These amazing ladies are going to share their surrogate story with us and they wrote a book called A Little Ray of Sunshine which is an amazing story that celebrates the relationships between each families as they go on this roller coaster journey. So welcome Beck and Leonie, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. So I'll just jump straight into it because I'm I'm sure everybody is curious and wants to hear your story. Can you just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, etc.? Leonie, do you want to go? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, um, so I'm Leonie. I was the surrogate. I work at um, at a primary school in the office and my husband's a builder so I do all of his book work as well and I have um, known Beck and Brody for well, well over 10 years now. Brody was our apprentice um, many years ago and that's how I met Beck when she was uh, about 18 years old. Um, oh wow. Yeah so known each other a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Beck. So I'm Beck, and I am now 31 years old. I was the intended parent, and now, um, thanks to Leonie, I'm the parent. And I mm-hmm. am married to my husband Brody. We were actually married this year, and we have a three-year-old daughter, Briar. So I'm a teacher, and Leonie and I actually now work at the same school. Oh, do you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Finally, took, yeah. Took a long time. <laughs> oh, wow. Gosh, what a special yeah. bond yes. you have. Yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. Yes. But yeah. um, and I didn't even say, I'm 46. I don't know if you need to know that. And my kids are, um, I've got three children aged 23, 22 and 17. So, Beck, since you've known the family since you were 18, you practically grew up with these kids they like your brother and sisters yes absolutely Brody and I had um just started going out we went to high school together and Brody left school to start his apprenticeship with Pete um and at the time Pete and Leonie's youngest daughter Molly was two and the other two were a little bit older and yeah we've known them since they were little but yeah um, we used to babysit them when they were little and yeah. they've sort of all grown up together. We sort of joke that I'm sort of like Hayley, Leonie's oldest, oldest sister, <laughs> the oldest sister <laughs> yeah. she's never had because we definitely stir yeah. each other up the way sisters stir each other up. Beck's yeah. um, actually closer in age to Hayley than she is to me. So, it's yeah, it's funny. Yeah. And, Beck, tell us about your upbringing and you know, what your dreams were as a teenager? So I grew up with an older sister. There's almost six years between the two of us and my mum and dad. Um, we lived in the same area that I now live in, that where Pete and Lee live, although we didn't know each other when I was a kid. Um, 
uh, when I was in high school, I always, I pretty much always wanted to be a teacher and that's what I went on to become. Um, I, in high school, I just, I wanted all the normal things. I wanted to have a boyfriend, become, go to uni, become a teacher, get married and have kids. It's like really the sum of my goals, although I had a few few rough years as a teenager just not wanting to be at school, yeah. but we got through that and mm-hmm. made it to uni. So, yeah. Lovely. And you met Brody while you were at school, so you yeah. went to the same school. We did. We How actually, old were you when you started dating? We met when we were in year eight and we were friends from then onwards and we started, We I think we were official boyfriend and girlfriend when I was just, about to turn 18 so I was 17 yeah Brody had left school then so yeah Mm. Yeah. wow gosh it's not very often that you hear about you know childhood romances yeah yeah no it (laughs) did it was funny at the start he went out with my friends and I went out with his friends and we're all just (gasps) in the same friendship group and then yeah one day we sort of um became more than friends so that was yeah Mm. Yeah, I think you had the same dream as most teenagers. I know I had the same dream. Exams, uni, job, marriage, travel a bit, and then, you know, kids after. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think no. most teenagers wouldn't <laughs> see any issues or any roadblocks along the way. So when did you start to think to yourself, oh, you know, this might be a bit difficult than what you expected? Honestly, I think I just had my head in the clouds as a teenager and I think so I didn't have a period and all my friends had their period and I just Mm. I never said that I had it but I never said that I didn't. I just sort of didn't talk about it and let them assume that I had my period and didn't bring it up but my mum was really concerned because she had her period quite young and I think Mm. so did my sister so I just I never made the connection between not having a period and how that could affect my ability to have a Mm. child Mm. and I think it, it was I was 18 I'd finished year 12 and my mum was very, right, now we're going to the doctor and you've done your HSC, it's time to find out what's going on. And I remember going to the doctor and him saying, well, do you have hair under your armpits? I was like, yes, this is embarrassing. Mum, why are you making me do this? Mm. Um, and he said, no, I think you need to see a gynecologist. And my mum was a midwife, so she oh. knew the gynecologist in the town where I worked and yeah. she demanded he write a referral to a particular um obstetrician that she worked with and it honestly still I was more embarrassed than worried that there was going to be some big implication at the end of all this investigation Mm. yeah I really didn't think that the end result was going to be that I couldn't have a baby Mm. it didn't occur to me which is probably now as an adult I think how did I not realize but I was just a teenager that was more concerned with the trivial things related to being a teenager. Um, Now, did your mum like literally say to you one day, uh, have you started your period because you haven't mentioned it to me? Yeah, well, we're a pretty open household, so Mm. she just knew that I hadn't. And she, I I remember when I was maybe in year seven, she showed me where the tampons and the pads were kept and she was, Mm. you know, if you ever need them, they're here and I was like I don't want to talk about that with you mum that's gross and (laughs) walked off you know and and 
yeah, and I never kept anything from her. I don't think she ever thought that I was keeping that I did have a period from her. I just Mm. wasn't concerned. I really, my only concern was I don't want to get a period in the middle of class and, you know, that was my biggest worry. Of course. So when you went to see the specialist, what was said? What what, what happened? Walk us through that. Um, She wanted to do a pap smear and when she went to do the pap smear she said she was having a hard time finding my cervix and she I think then she knew or she had her suspicions but she wanted to do she didn't say that at the time she wanted to do a laparoscopy Mm. and um, just investigate what was happening and from there we went and I remember the first time we went to the hospital to do the it was just a day procedure I had a cold and the I can never say it, but the Mm. anaesthetist, he came out and he said, no, you can't go on today, you have a cold. And Mm. I do remember feeling really cranky. I was like, now this is going to drag on. Why? Mm. Like why do I have to wait longer now to find out? I felt at that point it was serious. I still didn't feel as though it still didn't occur to me that I wouldn't be able to have kids. Um, And then eventually we did go back again. I didn't have a cold. She was able to do the procedure. I came out and I remember sitting in the recovery chairs, the big recliners that they get you to sit in, and Mm. she called mum over and she knew mum quite well because they worked together. And she said, I'm really sorry you don't have a uterus. And I still didn't occur to me what that meant and Mm. I think she looked at me and I was just sort of like, what? And she said, you won't be able to carry a baby. And then she said, you have your own ovaries. The only option for you is surrogacy or adoption. Wow. And that was just, yeah, that was like a huge whack in the face. Um, I mean, at 18 years old. And I think because I wasn't mentally prepared for that either. Mm. I think mum was suspicious, but again, she hadn't said anything. And mum was, obviously mum was just gutted and gutted for me and I was upset and I was in a lot of shock and I was in a lot of pain too, you know, the, the gas they use for the surgery and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that was really hard. Having no uterus, I mean, how do you still begin to start processing that at 18? And how did you, you know, you were in this new relationship. How did you tell Brody about it? How did you approach yeah, it together? I, he came over. I remember I went home with mum and I think mum rang him and told him to come over after work. And I, I told him and I was, he was really upset for me. Mm. Um, I think for both of us at the time, more so for him, he was like, well, that's something we can deal with later. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Mm. Um, but I was, I was just still in shock. And I remember for the first probably two years after that, it was whenever I saw someone who was pregnant, it was really triggering for, mm. for me, like, I really mourned that I won't ever be like that. Yeah. But as Brody and I got older, I felt far less sad about not being pregnant and far more sad about not having a family. Mm. I think the superficial level for me was not being able to be pregnant and then the deeper part was are we going to be a family? And I talk in our book about how I wanted, I didn't want to be selfish and I wanted to tell Brody 
to leave to find someone else that he could have that with. But I just couldn't do it. I didn't, I wanted to be with him and he said that he wanted to be with me and that if it was a choice between me or having children, then he chose me and we would travel and we would do things and we would fill that space ourselves. Um, And I, and I, and I, appreciated that because I didn't want to not be with him gosh what a strong bond you have you know and so young and you know what a such a grown-up thing to have to go through yeah when you're that young you know so Lee tell us about your relationship with Beck Beck we met Beck when she started going out with Brody because our boys who work for us are like family you know we sort of treat them like family and um so Brody started working with us and then, you know, we loved Brody and then Beck came in and it was like, oh, cool, here's another one, you know, someone else to come and have drinks and barbecues and stuff. And then mm. um, and then Brody one day told Pete at work about Beck and I was just, you know, very sad for her and I just thought, oh, I could probably do that, you know, if they want to have babies, I could probably do that. And, you know, I didn't really give it a lot of thought I just was like yeah that's something I could do and then um I did I tried to talk to Beck about it a couple of times mm. but she would just Beck's a bit of a crier <laughs> and she would just I would cry tears massive and I was like, cry oh my god okay <laughs> well, I'll just leave that for now you're only young whatever <laughs> and we just I just didn't talk yeah. about it again for a really yeah. really long time and then um their friends were starting to get married and Beck's best friend had a baby and Beck and Brody were out west at this stage because Beck got um trans you know got a job out there a full-time job so Brody left yeah stopped working with us and they went out there and then um they came back for a party for Brody's parents 60th birthday and Pete and I were there at the party and I don't even know what made me say it or I just sort of you you asked me you asked me what our plans were and yeah. it was you it's like you had this determination at this time <laughs> if I cried you were going to make me talk about it whether I wanted to or not well the thing was I knew how old were you at this time I was uh, 26 okay. was I yeah that, well, I was about 42 yeah and I yeah. just said right. um I just said you know what are you doing is anyone offered um, you know, or are you looking into adoption? What's going on? And at that stage, she said, no, no one had offered. So I just went straight over to Pete and said, I want to do this. Are you okay with it? And he went, absolutely. And I said, good. And I just went mm. straight back over and said, I'm doing this. I'll be a surrogate. And she was just, of course, she cried. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she just, To be fair, we both had a few drinks as well. So it was like, you know, that normal emotion and then that little oh, bit I of I didn't hum. cry. I'm not a crier, so I didn't. <laughs> no, um, that's right. And I just said, and she's like, it's, it's okay if you change your mind in the morning. And I said, I'm not going to change my mind. I can do this. And, um, yeah, and then the next day she didn't tell Brody so that I night. So I didn't tell Brody that night, no, because his just, whole family were there. Yeah, it was a big party. Mm. So she waited until the next day and then they came over and, um, yeah, we sat down with our two older kids and just talked about it and everyone was on board and, yeah, it's just a really easy decision Gosh. to make. What a precious gift that is. I mean, Beck, you must have just been overwhelmed with joy. I really was. I just, 
And I really had to try and hold back my emotions in that I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself. You know, I didn't I didn't want to let myself start picturing an alternative to the future I had been picturing yet. You know, I yeah. I knew it would be a long road and I knew it wouldn't be easy and there were a lot of hurdles we had to jump and it's just a huge process to go through. And But at the same time, it was the first time that I'd had hope. You know, it was yeah. the... Um, it was the first time that I had this real sense of we could have a family. We Not, not that we wouldn't have been a family without a baby, but we could have no. a, fa- a, a family that includes a child. And mm. um, and because I, dogs. I didn't mention before, but because I am um, I, with my MRKH, I have ovaries. So I knew mm. that we would be able to make embryos that were mine and Brody's. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, that was 26 when um, Leonie asked. So in between that time when you, you know, went up west to start work, did you look into surrogacy? Did you um, think about, you know, perhaps going away? What were you, what um, was in your mind? Or did you just come to the we, conclusion that, you know what, this is, this is life between, you we, know, with us two? We had talked about it. And probably about 12 months prior to when Leonie offered, I rang um, a fertility clinic and I got mm-hmm. them to send me all the information on surrogacy in Australia. I mm-hmm. knew I had friends sort of, it's really hard, I had friends that had loosely offered that maybe when they were done having their family, having their own children, that they that could be something they could think about doing. And mm. I, ha- I do have an older sister and during that time she had two daughters. Um, her mm. second de- birth, the, her pregnancy was fine, but the second birth was quite traumatic for her. And I mm. think that really for her it cemented that that is something that mentally was too difficult for her. And along with the eligibility of being surrogate as well, um, they they look at birth history and I don't think it would have been suitable. It just wasn't the right time mm. for her. And yeah. so Brody and I had the information. I just didn't, we didn't want to ask anyone. People who knew yeah. our situation knew and we knew that if they felt it was right for them, they could offer it's funny, mm. Leonie did mention it to me a few times prior, like early on when we first found out, and I just never took her seriously. I just thought, oh, people say that, and it, it's surprising that people do just say, oh, I could have a baby for you, but they don't realise what they're saying, and I think mm. that played into why when Lee said it, I didn't take her as seriously. I didn't want to come back and then ask so when you said this did you mean you could do that you know like I Mm. just couldn't bring myself to do that that's why I had to Um, say this is what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) say it loud and clear okay so there's no left for interpretation yeah yeah Um, Yeah, right and so so Leonie offered and you, did you tell Brody the next day about your conversation? How yeah. how did you approach it? Yeah, so I I remember it so clearly. We because he'd there'd been a big sixtieth at um, for Brody's mum and dad. It was a joint sixtieth birthday, and it was a huge gathering. He has a big Kiwi family that came over for the party, and 
Um, he was feeling a little worse for wear the next morning after having a good night the night before and we were laying in our camper that we'd set up in the yard because there were so many people staying at the house and he mm. said to me, were you crying last night? Because he had seen Lee and I talking and he just thought that, you know, we had been talking about that and that I had gotten upset and I said, yeah. yes, but not um, they weren't sad tears. I want to tell you about what Lee told me last night and he just laid there in shock. And I think he he won't admit it. He had tears in his eyes and he did. Mm-hmm. The, I remember when we were sitting at the table at Pete and Lee's the next day talking about it, he had a tear in his eye that day and he just, he and I both kept saying at any point if you don't feel comfortable or you change your mind, you have to tell us. It was really important for us that um, this process wouldn't, impact our friendship and our relationship with Pete and Lee yeah. in a negative way. We wanted to make sure that they knew that if at any time they felt they couldn't go through with it, um, that we would all be okay. Mm. So, okay, so now you've got your surrogate, you've got a plan. What was the next steps for you? Uh, the next step, I rang the fertility clinic that I'd originally spoken to and mm-hmm. made an appointment with the uh, fertility doctor for myself and then Leonie rang and made one for herself. I think that was that's right. what we did first, isn't it, Lee? Yes, yep, <laughs> yes, yeah we, yep. yeah. we went down to Newcastle, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah, and, that's um, And you had, like, cancelling sessions, all of you. together yeah later on yes yes yeah so it was really we were actually really lucky from the day that I offered until we sort of had Briar in our arms it was really only 18 months compared to some people you know it was quite a short process really wasn't it Beck when you think about I mean at the time it seemed long but now it's like that was okay wasn't it yeah and knowing what other people go through before they get to surrogacy as an option I think I always say that I'm lucky in the sense that for me I knew it was a no I didn't have a monthly period reminding me that this month wasn't my month that was this is your only option and I think for me because I'm a really emotional person that that made it a little bit easier and yeah, I think yeah. we hadn't been going through a lot of treatment before but arriving at surrogacy. It was surrogacy was the start of our yes. fertility journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Leone, you started taking all the injections no. and prepping yourself. No, as I didn't have as... to da- oh, take no? it. No, no, Beck, because yeah, oh. I, I actually got to go into right. Beck um when she had her eggs collected because um Beck. I got to go right. into the into the hospital and into the actual ward when they were um what's it called back into the room anyway where where they um into surgery where they did the egg collection thank you yes (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was it was so exciting and it was because Brody can't handle needles oh so he could not be the support (laughs) person (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I got to go in there yeah it was So, so cool so, Beck, you literally did the whole injections to prep yourself in order to get a collection. Yeah. yeah, so I basically did the um, embryo creation part of the IVF. Yeah. We we did at the start mm-hmm. also decide, um, Brody and I were really, we didn't want to tell our families. Um, they all knew that, they all knew mm-hmm. our situation. They knew that surrogacy was our option and they were supportive of that, mm-hmm. but 
I didn't want to have to manage other people's emotions and I didn't want to mm. let anybody down and I knew but that our parents in particular would, I didn't want to give them hope if I didn't know it was going to work. So um, yeah. it was really hard for Pete and Lee because they live where at the time we were living out west but they were living in the town where our parents lived. Um, but to their credit, they kept the secret until um, there was a positive pregnancy test. So at this time, we were also keeping the secret from our family that we were going through the IVF and that we were doing these counselling appointments. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, there was a bit of sneaky business. So <laughs> if um, so, if your husband, um, Beck, yeah was afraid of needles or had a phobia with needles you had to inject yourself yeah I did all of them he would he would have headphones on and be in another room he faints when he has needles it's terrible oh my god yeah wow so good for you I take great joy a lot lot of women (laughs) um so uh, when you went for that egg egg pickup yep. how many did you retrieve how many eggs 16 I think yep I was gonna say 16 I think that's right what? yeah yeah it was and we and that we had 16 at the first pickup and that week was awful I was waiting and waiting and waiting and you know we we were doing the um five-day embryos so we ended up with four so at the end four yeah. healthy embryos that went into the freezer yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And and then um and then it was your turn. Yes. Yes. So for yeah. some reason they decided to not do a natural cycle first and because Beck and I both had never done this before and we had no idea we were like okay so we went for a medicated cycle first so I had to take Proginova and um it just didn't oh, yeah. work. My lining did I just didn't have a thick enough lining and it was just um just wasn't working so then we stopped that and had to wait for a natural cycle and it just seemed to take forever for my period to come and we were trying to work it out because it was Christmas time and we knew that the IVF clinic was shutting down over Christmas and we were just like oh my god this is terrible Mm. but then finally I got my period on the day that my son was going to bloody fly out to Scotland he was leaving (laughs) he was only 18 and he was going to Scotland for Two yeah. weeks, and that's the day I got my period. So I was happy that I got that, but I was just like, yeah, it was full on. But that's okay. We finally, mm-hmm. um, yeah, got my period, and and I everything was fine once we went for a natural cycle. It was just um, we went mm-hmm. down in the January, had the transfer. It was just they just the sonography. They said it was. I remember they said it was a textbook. Yeah, embryo textbook. transfer. Yeah, they said it was absolutely perfect and Fantastic. was the fullest bladder <laughs> they'd ever seen. I was so full, but um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the quickest thing. I I couldn't believe it. it. Was like you know, it took minutes, didn't it, Beck? It was just crazy. Yeah, and it was like, oh, okay. It was this real moment of can I stand up straight? Should I lay down for a while? <laughs> yeah. What do we do now? And then we were like, well, I suppose we'll go to lunch. Like, yes. What do we do? And then we drove yeah. back to back to um back home and had acupuncture. Um. Yeah, because oh, okay. they say yeah. that's real. So were you having acupuncture all yeah. this time, Leonie, to yep. prep yourself? Or yeah, just... I had it for about oh, six okay. months prior. Um, yeah, oh, and he, he also gave me some Chinese medicine to take to help thicken my lining up just to help that as well. And um, yep. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. 
the acupuncture. Well, he they said they say it um, increases your chances of falling pregnant by two thirds if you have it leading up to pregnancy and then on the day before you. Or we we couldn't do it on the day of transfer. We had it on the day before the transfer. Then on the day of the transfer, we came back mm-hmm. and had it. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. He was he was fantastic. Mm. And you got a. Positive yes. pregnancy yep. test. Yeah, first Yeah, that time. was a long wait. <gasps> first time round. Yeah. Just in limbo for a little while, like could be, couldn't be. But then that two weeks wait, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a killer. Yeah. And <laughs> Lee was but Lee was starting to feel her normal pregnancy symptoms. So yeah. she felt really positive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, I knew. Wow. Yeah. So it's that's amazing. Uh, was yeah. So tell us about when you actually found out when you pregnant did you do a pregnancy test before yes. or did you wait for that two weeks and and um, you know went in for your blood no, test? I didn't no, wait you for the blood test the cruise. yeah we were going on a cruise um on a holiday so I couldn't wait I yeah I thought I had to take a pregnancy test beforehand because I had to know and I was going to take pregnancy tests with me mm. on the boat if I if it wasn't you know positive just to keep trying but um no it was on a, it was Australia mm-hmm. day and um I did. I got up early in the morning and took the pregnancy test, and, and then I sent Beck a message saying um, something like, "Happy Australia Day to you! I've got some good news. You're going to be a mum." Oh, happy birthday! You know, happy oh Australia Day to you, or something like that. It was just something silly, and um, I sent the text message. I didn't write back. She didn't respond. Because I was, I was asleep. like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so I'm I was still asleep. <laughs> You can't be asleep. I'm sick. Wake up. Then she rang me. She's like, have you looked at your messages? I was like, no, what? And then I opened it up while I was on the phone to her and I was just in shock, like complete and utter shock. And then I remember waking Brody up and telling him and we both we both still talk about that morning. We laid in bed for about two hours just staring at the roof. Like, what is this happening? It's happening. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that feeling must just be phenomenal. <laughs> I, there's nothing like it, you know, that that moment. Oh, it's just crazy. So good, <laughs> such a good moment. And so then tell us about the um the book you decided to write, A Little Ray of Sunshine, because it's written as um like a diary. Yes. Yeah, well when we when we started the process, we both were searching madly for surrogacy stories and at that stage, there wasn't anything in Australia. They were all American stories. And so um, mm. we said, let's just write down what's going on so we might be able to help other people. And then um, when we were doing, oh, it was before we did our first counselling session, I found Labour of Love by Shannon Garner, which is a great book. And um, so that was really, it was great. We just both read that and loved it. And we thought, oh, we'll keep going because, you know, ours is told by both sides of the story. It might help as well you know so we just kept going and um and then by the end of it it was because Beck of course had a newborn it was like radio give me all this stuff and I'll put it together and yeah yeah yeah, went from there wow and um and so how are people so how was your book received I mean um people did you self-publish? Yeah, oh, did you, what did you? Yes, we self-published um, with a company up in Queensland. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was um, yeah, it's a, a big lot of, process, but yes, 
that <laughs> moment of opening the box, the first box of books for the first time was just, it was just some, it's so surreal to see your words on a published page in a book that you could pick up from a library or a bookshop shelf. It was yeah. just really surreal yeah. to see our names printed on the cover. So. And a bit scary too, putting yourself out there. Yeah. And it's such a personal story. Yeah. Yes, um, and we did. It was up. like a diary, wasn't it? We just sort of would yep. write, you know, every couple of days what was going on and, yeah, it was a lot into our private lives. That's what I loved about it because um, you could, you know, see like day day by day, week by week, what's actually happening and how you were feeling uh, along the along the mm. way, um, which is something that, you know, I think someone who is going through surrogacy will appreciate. Yes. Because it's not every day you get someone who shares their story and that's why it's so important to, you know, put your story out there so it can help other people on their journey. And I think too, like I, I've talked to a few people with MRKH who have read our story and a couple of them are mothers of teenagers who know they have MRKH who are looking to support their children and one of the big things that comes up in our conversations is that this is the book that I wish I'd had because then I maybe yeah. would have felt more hopeful. I think mm. um, I just felt like it was so impossible because I didn't hear stories about surrogacy in Australia and I had people telling me it was illegal in Australia and the laws were yes. between states and um mm. I just and you just don't hear about it, do yeah. you? It's just so uncommon that um, you know you think, oh gosh, that must just be too hard. That's why nobody's doing it. And it's mm. like, well, it's not. You know, it's it's such a lovely thing to do for someone. Oh, you know that you amazing. care about. It's just you know, it's it was great, and it was a, such a good experience that we had that it was really nice to be able to share that with everybody. Mm. So what was it like telling your families when you got that positive oh result? That was the best day. Yeah, so we decided that we felt safe and safe and comfortable and ready to, you know, share the news. And that's still probably – I wish I'd recorded it. It was one of the best days. Um, so oh, Lee and I, I was about seven weeks pregnant at that stage, I think, okay. when you told your families. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You were. That's right. So we yeah. had been to a scan that morning, and everything was really, really good. And that was just that was amazing. That I don't have the words to describe what that was like seeing a baby in there for the first time. That and hearing the really heartbeat feel real. Oh, I don't. Did we hear the heartbeat at that appointment? Yes. I, yes. 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 We did. Yeah. And then mm. yeah, the yeah. next one I recorded it at the doctor's. Remember yeah. And sent that's it to right. you. <laughs> that's right yeah so and then Brody um and I Brody had driven over after work that afternoon um to his mum and dad's house and I remember he jumped in the shower and I was just I've never felt like I felt like my skin was on fire I was just busting to tell his mum and dad and mm. he was in the shower and he was just taking forever and I thought hurry up like come on mate get out here we need to do this and so then we sat down and he, Brody said, oh, so there's something we need to talk to you about. We have some news for you. And I don't know what his mum was thinking, but she just had this look of what, what, what's going on. And he's, he said, you know, we're having, we're having a baby. Leonie's offered to be a surrogate and blah, blah, blah. And just this, 
the yelling, the screaming that came out of his mum, the joy. I just like Brody was crying with laughter. He just couldn't believe his mum's reaction. His dad was in shock, and they were both they were both just so happy. And yeah. they know they know Pete and Leone well as well, so they were just in awe of what Leone had offered to do. And yeah. yeah, I think they were just beside themselves. They were caught completely off guard because they didn't know that we had been going through this process and it was just so worth keeping a secret to be able to have that moment of just, it was just pure joy. Like there was no other word for it. Yeah. And then um, we drove over to my parents' house and that was just, Brody said he'd never seen me like that. I was just so jittery. I just, I've been wanting to tell my mum, but knowing that I wanted to hold off and have this moment where it was all positive and it was all okay and mm. we sat down and my sister had already been quite clear that she wasn't having any more kids so they knew that she'd had two girls and she didn't want to have any more mm. she was happy with two and so I sat down I said how do you feel about one more grandbaby and dad looked at me and said what how what's going what's going on and and then I said Leonie's offered to be a surrogate and you know we're seven weeks along and my mum didn't understand straight away. She was just, I don't think, she just couldn't process what we were saying and Dad jumped up and he goes, oh, we love Leonie so much. And again, <laughs> my mum and Dad know Pete and Lee really well and um, like even better now since I was born, obviously. And um, when mum finally came came to, it was like she, like she was unconscious standing up. She was just beside herself and they sent me a message that night she said that both her and my dad who is my dad's not a crier and she said they both just had tears in bed that night processing Mm. what we told them so yeah and then it was just this chain um this chain of telling our friends and Brody and I just got so much joy out of being able to share the news and their happiness for us was just um, you know, everyone's always so happy when they share yeah. pregnancy news and I think they, they had felt for us and they'd shared yeah. our heartache in the whole process and mm. what we'd been through and they were just besides themselves. I remember my best friend, we were standing up on a property on a farm that Brody and I had just bought, you know, anticipating mm. moving back to the coast and we were standing where we were planning to build the house and she had her fresh little baby that was uh, about six months no, he wouldn't have been six months old. He would have been maybe two or three months old in a mm. baby carrier on the front of her. We'd been walking around the farm and we stopped and I said, "What do you, do you think this would be a nice place to um, raise a child? What do you think it, about bringing, bringing a baby home here? And she understood what I was saying straight away and she jumped up and she grabbed me and hugged me and I just remember mm. this little baby squished between the <laughs> two of us. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was just wow. magic. Such a happy time. And so, Leonie, your pregnancy went really well and obviously, you know, you got to experience it together. Yes. Well, Beck was working away for a lot of it, but we did. She oh. came home a lot and we went out there um, one weekend with Molly, my youngest daughter, and and we also had a hol- holiday together. I was taking um, my two girls away. Just the three of us were going away to the Sunshine Coast, so I invited Beck and her mum her mum as well because that was sort of a good opportunity for me to get to know her a bit better and yeah. um so we had a really nice holiday on the sunshine coast and that was really lovely we had a great time up there 
um, it was like a bit of a baby moon we had. Mm. And I remember laying on the lounge at night, we'd be watching movies and feeling the baby kick and Molly, yeah. Leonie's daughter, <laughs> my mum would say, you know, babies kick around a lot if you blow raspberries on their tummy. So Molly would be blowing raspberries <laughs> and I'd be trying to feel for the baby kicking. <laughs> and we didn't and know, we never found out the gender before she was born. Oh. So. Um, you know, there was plenty of guessing there as well. Yeah, I was so glad you didn't want to find out because it's just I never found out with my babies, and that's the I think that's like the best part not knowing because you just such a, after all that you just get to get such a lovely surprise at mm. the end of it. So mm. I'm glad we didn't find out. So yeah. how was it telling your kids because you know they see your stomach growing and your belly swelling and. You're not actually bringing this home, this baby home. So how did your your kids <laughs> well, process kids it? Were, well, they were all older. Haley had finished school. She was, you know, working in the workforce and Trent was doing year 12 or he'd finished year 12 by the time I was pregnant. He was at uni and Molly was, you know, old enough to know. Um, Molly's big response was, you're just like Phoebe or friends. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> good old yes. friends. Love it. Yeah. And then she said, oh can, oh, can we keep one? And I said, no, there's only going to be one and, and we're not keeping it. <laughs> um, but, no, they were great. The kids, yeah, the kids were really well and truly old enough to understand what was going mm. on and mm. uh, they were really good. It was funny that on the day of the ultrasound, Hayley sent me a text message saying, oh, um, so, what did she say? Something like, oh, so can we keep it? And I just sent her a text message back saying, hell no. And she thought, she was just asking, was it a viable pregnancy? Not, you know, and she just said, oh, my God. You know, she thought something had happened to the baby. And I just said, no, 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 the baby's fine. I just don't want to keep it. It's not my baby. (laughs) I I was just terrible. I thought, gee, that's bad. I've got to be careful what I text (laughs) because, Mm. you know, she she just was basically saying, is everything okay with the ultrasound? You know, can we keep the baby? And I was like, no. Yeah, but no. And, yeah, that were great. And Briar, who is three now, adores mm. Molly and Haley. She is obsessed with these girls. She likes Trent too. She does like Trent, but she's <laughs> she regularly asks me, "When are we going to Molly's house?" Yeah, oh. yeah. And oh, and Molly nice. tells people that um, Molly says, "Oh, this is my little sister, Briar." She introduces yeah. her as her little sister. Oh, so yeah. cute. Well, so they grew sweet. up together, yeah. basically, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's um, funny, but, but even when Brody was our apprentice, Molly would say, Molly would have friends over and she'd say, oh, that's my big brother Brody. Oh, <laughs> yes. So that's like family anyway. That's lovely. Yeah. 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 So um, how can people get their, how can people get their hands on your book? So we... Because we're self-published, we have it for sale on our website, which is a little ray of sunshine.net. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we have it. So it's not we, on we, um, it's not on Amazon. No. Uh, oh, okay. it, the it, the ebook is an e- ebook, yeah, on I Amazon. It can be bought as an ebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but hard copies are through our website. Yeah, yeah, okay. Excellent. So what I will do is I'll put the um all the information in the show notes so um people want to go ahead and purchase your book, they'll know where to where to go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. What's, 
No problem. It's been great hearing your story. And, you know, I think people need to share their journey with others because, you know, people need to, one, have an idea of what to expect. Um, Two, they need hope. They need hope that yeah. yes. it is possible. Yeah. It is possible. It yeah. sounds like hard work, but it is so possible to achieve. And there's so many ways of having a family. It doesn't just stop at the, you know, it doesn't just stop with having a natural birth or even IVF. Um, That's right. You have a dream of having a family. It's achievable. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> And, and yeah. you know, what, something our counsellor said when we did our counselling sessions was that there are just people that can do it, that can be surrogates and what for whatever reason their makeup is that they can carry a baby for someone else. And we just, we really hope that by our story being out there, not only do we um, give hope to people that are going through infertility struggles, but maybe we prompt people to think, hey, this is something that I could do or this is something that I could consider doing for someone else because what Leonie did for us completely changed our lives. So if even if one person reads our book and goes through that process with someone, whether it's a loved one or someone they meet, um, it would, it's, yeah, it would, it's all worth it for us. Exactly. That was the main goal, wasn't it, of writing the book? Like for me as well as a surrogate, I just want someone else to read that and go, oh, gosh, I could do that for my cousin or friend or sister or, you know, Mm. it's just, it's, you know, it's a nice, nice to think that now our friends have got a little family and it was really important for me to do it right then and there because I was getting older and mm. Beck's friends were all starting to have babies and get married, and I was like, "Oh, I want that for her too. She's got to yeah. do it now." <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Beck, Plus, I'm probably um, bossy. <laughs> no, you're just the right amount. Of bossy. <laughs> and Beck, your condition M O K H. Is there a um, a forum? Is there a, a charity that um, you know, if someone wants to read up on about it, how can they get the information? So there's a couple of organisations, but if someone wants um, information and support, if you search MRKH Warriors or MRKH um, Be Yourself on Facebook or Google, that mm-hmm. should come up through there. I also share the links um, regularly on our Instagram, which is uh, Little Ray of Sunshine Oz, A-U-S, on the end. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's mm. it's more common than people think and I think there's different variations as well. Um, there's different abnormalities that sometimes come with MRKH um, but there's a little bit more information out there now than there was when I first found out. Yeah. Um, and I think it all comes from people sharing their stories, you know. Yeah. As much as it's hard to talk about and for me it was really hard to talk about before Briar was born because Mm. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me um I think it's really important and I I, I'll always take the time to talk to someone that's going through that because I think it's just so important to know that you're not alone yeah I did I had never even heard of it until I met Beck, I didn't even yeah. know what it was. Yeah. yeah. So I was. I've sat in multiple doctors' offices and watched like GPs Google it in front of me because they had never heard of it. Wow. Yeah. 
Mm. Gosh, that's um, that doesn't give you much confidence, does it? No, <laughs> no, I did. I did. Well, let me just really check Dr. Doctor Google. Yeah. <laughs> one really good GP that I saw hadn't heard of it, and when I came back for my next appointment, she said I did some reading after I saw you last, and I really appreciated that she didn't put it back on me to do the research for her. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, and that was that was really good. She's great. Oh, fantastic! Well, ladies, thank you so much for telling me and telling everybody your, about your story because I think it's so heartfelt. It's amazing. The only what you've, the gift that you've given Beck and Rody is just so precious. And yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to Leonie and Beck, I'll put all of the details in the show notes um, so you can contact them as well as their Instagram and um, the forums about um, if they want to contact someone about um, MRKH Um, yeah so thank you so much ladies for touching base with me and telling me about your story I really hope that you know the the next stage or you know getting your story out there so more people can hear it and um, you can help more people yeah I just hope that I wish you luck in in every next, next stage Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity today. Thank you. Yeah, we've loved talking to you. Thank you, Ella. No problem. Thanks again and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. See you later.